1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Darren Cooney and today I'm joined by record sports Craig Swan who's sunning himself, sorry, slaving away in Dubai with the hoops. On the pod today... Craig takes us inside Celtics Dubai training camp, provides us insight into the mood of the players, tells us his daily schedule in the Emirates day and offers a view on what the break can do for the squad. Also, he gives us the latest on the potential permanent signing of Odson Edward, provides other potential incoming transfers and Craig also lets us know who could be leaving in January. Hello, hello Craig, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, Darren. Yourself? Yeah, very well, thanks. How's it over there? Uh, Is it a glorious, day? quite
0: busy outside? Look, it's a nice day today. Yeah, uh, sunshine, blue skies. Uh, a lot of people out and about at the moment. Uh, Thursday, obviously being Friday uh, as we would know it uh, over here. So uh, I think there's a few people finishing early and heading for uh, various nice places to start the how the weekend looks here. Uh, Friday, Saturday. So yeah, busy, all good.
1: Okay, good. And how's the how's the mood of the players?
0: Very good, I think At this time of the year uh, Darren, it's just just to get away And see a bit of sunshine I mean, I don't know if you've seen If anybody back home saw the, The pictures that had been sent out by Jose Mourinho, no less When he first arrived with his Man United team uh, on Monday night, the rain bounced off the ground, but uh, generally on a daily basis, the, w- when Celtic have been training, uh, all of the mornings have been here. It's been glorious, you know, and I think that just to get a bit of heat about the limbs. And at uh, this time of the year, it's made a big difference. It just brightens everyone up, doesn't it? Seeing about sunshine. So, yeah, not the players are in good spirits, enjoying themselves.
1: Yeah, certainly, certainly from those pictures, Celtic training, they, they've they've been working hard. There's a lot of kind of beetroot cuttings about the squad. Uh, Scott Brown looked like he was going to bust a. Blood vessel or two. Uh, same with Kieran Tierney. I mean, is it, has it been hard work? Has it been harder work than they would train at home or different? Can you talk us through that a wee bit?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, but, um, but Scott Brown has, has has talked about it a lot. Uh, the way Celtic train um, has changed. Uh, you know, the way they train under Brendan Rodgers has changed. It's high tempo, high intensity. You know, for our you know our bursts, which means that it's you know it's the equivalent of of, of you or me or any of the listeners playing five a side and actually not having a break at any point as fast as you can play for an hour um, which, which conditions them for getting through games at home so they've been doing that here um, they've been to, I mean last year they trained really really hard when they came here I think I, I must admit I was quite surprised by it because I thought that they would maybe use it to you know, relax rest weary limbs they did that of course in the afternoons, but the mornings were really really punishing for the players. Um, I've gone through the usual tests that you would, just to check where everyone's, um, you know, the bleak test and the speed test, just to check what, to what degree, uh, where people are, how fit they are, whether just, you know, if, if they need a wee bit more rest than others, some guys only need to work a wee bit more than others, maybe some of the ones that haven't played as many minutes, for example, Kearney, for example, wouldn't need any of that, but you might have some of the boys that have maybe not played as often. Uh, we will get trained just a putch harder than the other ones just to try and get everyone at the same level so that when Celtic come back for the, for the, for the Scottish Cup game with, with Breakin on Saturday week everybody's on an even level and, yeah. and ready to go for the second half of the season
1: Yeah I mean again judging by the pictures a lot of the youngsters such as Mark Hill uh, Connor Hazard Calvin Miller they all seem to be very much part of the, the first team squad over there is that yeah. the case are they just being treated as equals and doing the same kind of work
0: Oh, absolutely, hundred percent yes the um, module has never made any. secret of the fact that, that there is a pathway uh, for young players that uh, you know there is an opportunity for them to make it. And the first step to that is take part in first team training, take part in all sessions of first team training, take part at all levels, work the same way, and that gives him an early indication immediately of whether they're up to you know up to that standard, whether they're up to the standard required. And it also gives the boys themselves an indication of where they are, where they need to get to, where they need to be. So, I mean, you know, the it's not as if the Celtic manager is flooding first team training sessions with 14 youth players. But, you know, he will give three, four at a time, maybe, or whatever, or whoever's here an opportunity to, you know, to show themselves and show their worth because that's the first step for them. So, not nope, they've been involved. And, and everything that the first team boys have done, absolutely everything.
1: Yeah, well that that makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. What what kind of are they are they doing? Double training sessions, Swanee, at the moment, or have they been doing that earlier in the the break?
0: No, just uh, they've they've basically been through about sort of just after lunchtime most days. Um, really go hard at it in the morning. Um, the, the the sessions maybe been split. They, they get they get called double sessions because they'll maybe do an hour burst, then maybe some stretch for half an hour, then another big burst for yeah, an hour or something right. like that, you know. Yeah. Um But they'll and um, they generally spent the afternoon sort of uh, relaxing and uh, chilling out. So no, I think everyone. To, uh, so, I mean Brendan Rodgers obviously knows what he's doing. Um, they managed to strike the perfect balance last year of of hard work and. Recuperation time, So, because they, they were flying when they came back last year, so I presume his medical and uh, physical team headed by Glenn Driscoll will have everything down to a, a fine art. I mean, he's got data, machines, you name it, Glenn Driscoll's got it, so um, he'll know everything to the last bead of sweat that some boys are dropping, so uh, he'll know exactly where, where everybody is and they'll get it spawned I'm sure.
1: OK, now I know uh, you journalists haven't had any downtime, and that, that's the truth, you've been slaving away uh, but what what kind of activities have the players been allowed to do have you, can you give us any insight into that yeah I think everybody um, the, the Celtic
0: manager obviously allowed um, has allowed um, partners to be here, wives to be here if they so choose um, some have taken their options, some haven't there was obviously a week before um, the squad convened some people, some some of the, the, the players came to Dubai some of them went to other areas on holiday you'll have know, seen the paper uh, this morning Keenan Tierney obviously went to Tenerife for a few days yeah. I think Stuart Armstrong went to New York almost got snowed in I think um, <laughs> various guys went to, to various places but they've all sort of convened here and um, I think everybody's he's got a very good uh, Rodgers, Brendan Rodgers has got a very good attitude with these players in the sense that you know, I trust you don't let me down, I trust you you know, I, by that I mean it's not going out and drinking £25 a night, but I mean, if they want to go out for a bit of dinner and go out and go out or disappear for the afternoon or head away or do what they want to do, so um, I think it's such a diverse group. I'm, I know that they went for a, um, on Sunday night, there was like a sort of big, big, huge team dinner uh, with the staff and all the players and everyone and it was like a good introduction for like likes of Marvin Comper uh, to get in and meet everybody, so um, that was a big group gathering that they did together, but generally it's not. Um, <clears throat> you know, some, excuse me. Sometimes you hear of oh, they'll have team they'll go karting or they'll go and do that, or they'll go and do that. I think everybody's just been allowed to chill and do their own thing. You know, some people like go shopping, some people like go and lie in a lounger. It's been pretty relaxed.
1: Well, that kind of leads us on to the next. bit. I mean, uh, in the immediate aftermath of uh, Celtic draw the Rangers at Celtic Park, December 30. Uh, Brendan Rogers was asked about how much his players needed the break, and he responded by saying, 50 mm-hmm. percent." Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I would imagine you would concur with that, and, and perhaps even further can I embellish the fact that they were absolutely done in near this. The, uh, certainly, December. Yeah, I
0: mean, I think anybody that watched there was a, I think the possibly the Aberdeen second half performance. Uh, three days before two days before Christmas and the game at first half of the game at it, then it the eight and Boxing Day. There was a vibrancy about so I think other than that they looked pretty flat through December. They just played so many games. And I think that I think the mistake that people make in this situation with uh, um talking about players being tired. Everybody connects that with a physical tiredness. Yeah. And I often don't think it is just a physical tiredness. I think it's a mental tiredness which comes into it as well because um, I think excuse me I think there was just somebody at the door there at the hotel room sorry for that um, <laughs> the, um, there's a there's a mental tiredness as well involved where um, it's you know if you think about it it's every Saturday every Wednesday peaking the mind for big games you know getting you know get, getting into tune getting, having to start games well it can, can be wearing uh, as you as, as anybody who's listening will know you know if you, if you go to work for six months in succession without a holiday. Yeah, yeah. Getting up every day and going to your work every day and every day and every
1: day. Mentally, you just need a break. And that, and I think well, it's as that, much that, of it. You know, and the unbeaten the, the, run. You know, must take so much mental energy. Yeah, yeah. And the Champions League qualifiers,
0: and then and then the Champions League Good games. You know, it's just it's just you having not raised raised the mind for. Now, I, I guess only and you and I may may not know exactly how that is exactly their level, um, because, you know, perhaps only an elite sportsman or, you know, an elite guy would would know what that's like to have to do it, but like I say, the best comparison I can give is, you know, anybody, anyone that's listening who's gone to work for five, six months and a are over the holiday, get to the point where they just need to switch off because it's getting too much, so I think it's as much about that, I think it's as much about, as I say, just relaxing, just sitting down for a wee bit, just having a break, Just letting the mind rest more than anything else. Not having to get yourself keyed up for a big game that's coming up. Not having to stress and take in tactics and just have two weeks where you can just clear the mind, you know.
1: Yeah, I I think that's spot on. And I mean, maybe, I mean, Kieran Tierney's been just incredible the past 18 months or so. But I I think, you know, that was his performance kind of highlighted that against Rangers Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. on that day. He just looked looked done, you know, done. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's not an easy thing. It's uh, not an easy thing, but I mean, they're, 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 listen. It's, it's what, as everyone says, it's it's, it's your job. It's, it's what they get paid for. Them. So, but they they do need to have some sort of break, mental break. Okay, sure. okay,
1: And you understand Manchester United, Liverpool, and well now Aberdeen are out there. Is there any kind of interaction? What's the geography between these all the clubs? Are they particularly close by?
0: No, but we're actually asking that. Um, which, you know it, it was something um it was something that that, that, that was asked to, to, to Brendan Rogers um, when we saw him the other day, you know, that how you know, because we were as you know, inquisitive about it as anybody listening, you know, we wondered if you know, I, I don't know how it works with they put football managers. there's Jose Mourinho call over to Brendan Rogers' hotel and well, what are you doing tonight, we can we'll have a chat, we'll have a coffee or whatever, but um I think it was basically a case of everybody's just doing their own thing and, um, you know, just a way of meeting their own people and concentrating on their own things. They're quite, um, I believe, the area towards the marina is kind of where Liverpool and Celtic are quite close. Manchester right. United are quite close to that. Uh, Aberdeen are a little bit different. They're maybe about 30 minutes outside the town centre. Uh, they're down at a, uh, that's like a centre of excellence at Jebel Alley. Oh,
1: yes. Uh, they're in a, a
0: lovely place down there, but they're, they're a bit further out. The city centre, but it's um, we went down to see them uh, yesterday, and they're in a nice spot as well. So, uh, but no, no, it's it's such a big city and such a vibrant city that you can get kind of lost in it. So, uh, no, there's not much. They, they all train at different places as well. So, okay, i have been using Old Vassals uh, Stadium to train, and uh, various, but Aberdeen have got their own pitches down where they are, and Man United and Liverpool have sorted their own of stuff out. So, no, no, that there hasn't been any cases of Virgil van Dijk. Bumping
1: into Scott Brown outside H and M, that's for sure. Well not that I know of anyway. <laughs> okay. Right. And then uh, on to transfers now. Uh, Craig, you wrote this morning about Rogers giving a latest on Edward. Can you expand a wee bit on that, Odson Edward? And he he seems to be not not entirely convinced just yet or is certainly not going public with his with his intentions.
0: Yeah, I think he's, he, he was very um he seemed very relaxed about it. The Celtic manager seemed very relaxed about a lot of things. You know, he was, you know, just, you know, will, will be, will be sort of thing, and um, outlined that he's been very impressed with with Edouard. Not just his football, but he outlined it, the way he's grasped the culture of Celtic, grasped his teammates, made a real effort, you know, trying to learn the language, and really integrated quite well. Um, so he's been very encouraged by all those aspects. Not easy, of course, for that. A 19 year old to come over as a third choice, but, um, so I think he's been quite impressed with well, all of those aspects. But of course, what you also have to take into account is he hasn't had many opportunities as yet, obviously because of Griffiths and Dembele. Um, he's only he scored four goals because he hasn't played that often. And although when you read figures of £142 million pounds for Felipe Coutinho going to Barcelona, the seven million or so which George and Edward will call it, cost is still a club record for Celtic.
1: Yeah. So yeah. it's
0: a decision which he has to take a lot of time over and be absolutely sure. So there's no pressure from anyone from Paris Saint-Germain or anything like that to make any sort of decisions now. So I think he, uh, I take him as exactly as what he said. He, he'll wait. He'll wait till May, May, June. I mean, at this stage, if you if you were a gambling man, which, which you know, Darren, I probably am, if you had to pay it tomorrow. It wouldn't happen, but if Mr Dembele happens to go before the end of the month, which we don't know what's going to happen there, if he goes, all of a sudden odds on Edouard starts an awful lot more games, might score 10-12 goals in the second half of the season to help Chelsea win a treble, then you do pick. Yeah. So... I, I think I think the, the Celtic manager approach to it at this moment is absolutely reasonable and I don't think anybody would do any complaints of the way he's gone about it. So yeah. seems the right thing to do as far as I'm
1: concerned. Okay so, so so just to confirm it, it's not so much that he has any misgivings or doubts about Hudson Edward, it's just more he doesn't even make a decision yet, so why why commit himself? That, that that uh, seemed
0: and, and he and he also made a very fair point when he said this is also about both parties. You know, Hudson Edward might go to and Brendan Rodgers' office on the 15th of May and say, you know, you guys have been really great with me, I really appreciate it, but I don't like Glasgow that much. I don't like Scottish football that much. I wouldn't want to sign here permanently. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen, but what Brendan Rodgers says was it's a two-way thing. You know, we've got to have a look at Odds Edward, but he's also having a look at us as well and just trying to decide, you know, he's settling in, seeing what it's like. So, as I say, there's no pressure, there's no stress. No-one's pushing for any decisions just now. There's so much football to play until the end of the season. that He only has to worry about the things he has to worry about now. Brendan Rodgers, the there's no point in worrying about things that are gonna need to, don't need to be decided for another five months.
1: OK, OK. Now, for, you've obviously watched Celtic most weeks. You've seen Edouard in action. What, what, what do you make of the player? What, what are your thoughts on him? What, what does he bring that perhaps Griffiths or Debelli don't? What does he need to work on? Just Just give you a wee profile of the player.
0: Just, I think um, there's, a, there's a phrase that we use quite a lot when you see, when you see guys with that age he well, seems a bit raw I remember a couple of people thought Dembele was raw when he first came yeah. I think it's very difficult to judge him because all strikers listen we've seen it with Mister Dembele and Lee Griffiths now they are without question the top two one of them Scotland's international number nine the other one's rated about 25 to 30 million pounds if they don't play every week even they look a little bit off it,
1: yeah.
0: as we've seen with both of them. So you're trying to judge a young player on when do we see him, maybe for a 15-minute sub-cameo every three or four games. So it's hard, so I don't want to... For what we've seen, he looks a bit rough and ready around the edges. The touches maybe not fantastic, yet he has done one or two things in games where you think, well, there's definitely a player in there. Yeah. But it's so hard to make a judgment, and we are... The international capital of the world on snaps judgments in Scotland, we decide on players within two games. Well, they've got it, or not. and I think sometimes it can be. You just have to hold your hands up sometimes and say, "Look, can't judge him. Haven't haven't seen enough of him." I mean, the kid scored the hat trick in, in a game against Motherwell, so it's obviously got something. But to, for Celtic to pay seven seven million pounds, he would have to show it, get an opportunity to, and then show it on a, a far more regular basis or he would have to be doing incredible things at Ham on a daily basis yeah. to convince Brendan or just to pay it. So, um, I suspect it, 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 it's, it, it comes across as a sitting-on-the-fence answer, but it's the old adage of, I think there's a player in there, but we just haven't seen it totally yet. A bit like Oliver and Cham.
1: Aye, aye. L- listen, that, that, everything you've said it's entirely fair, because I think you're, you're absolutely right in Scotland. Fans... Journalists even range from one end of the spectrum to the player. I mean, Dembélé was was going to be the the world superstar striker uh, one minute, and then you know after a, an indifferent display against Rangers last month, people are rubbishing him. and yeah, he's, he he's not good enough. And <laughs> he's just come back from an injury, as you say. He's been rotated with a wee bit with Griffiths and uh, uh, Edward. So I think, yeah, I, I think we're we're too quick to offer any kind of judgment. So you're you're probably. Spawn. Yeah, the only,
0: the, only, the only caveat I would give to that, Darren, is if, um, if Dembele stays, which I think there's a good chance that he might, um, if Dembele and Griffiths remain in place for the second half of the season, it's difficult to see where Rodson's going to get his chances. Because he played these games this year, Celtic obviously had that punishing. The, the way the season's weighted these days, with the League Cup now all finished before Christmas... A large chunk. I think it's 22 of your 38 Premier League games I played before the break. The Champions League, the qualifiers. That was the time for him to get his chances. Now it relaxes a little bit in the second half of the season. There's a lot more Saturdays to Saturdays. If both the first choice pair are in place, he's going to struggle to get the opportunities to prove himself
1: for the permanent deal. That would be your only concern for him. You know
0: that makes it harder for Rodgers. It makes it harder for the player. but as I say, you deal with these things as you go along. The one thing Brendan Rodgers certainly can't do is roll the boy out, say, Oh no no chance it's not gonna happen, destroy the boy's confidence, then has to sell Musa Dembele because sell to get a ridiculously good offer and he has to turn down the odds on Edward and say, Kid, you're gonna have to help one of a treble uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks after saying, "Mm, I don't think you're good enough for a permanent contract.
1: So you know how these things work. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Swanee. Right. What what can you tell us? I mean, you touched the boy, Dembele, a wee second ago there. What's what's your thoughts? And you are you becoming increasingly moving towards he's going to stay, and if so, why?
0: I think. I mean, this is, is is just an opinion of mine. Um, I think the. The people in charge of, well, I think Mr Dembele himself, I think the, the people in charge of Mr. Dembele, um Dembele are, are, are very careful. They're not the type of people who just jump in and jump in for money and it's all about the development of the player, the right career path, going to the right club. Um, because of that attitude is the reason why it's Celtic in the first place. Because they had it mapped out and they knew, right, the next step is go to a big club with a lot of pressure go prove yourself, go play in the Champions League. So I think the fit will have to be right for Mr Dembele and I don't just think it is a case of a club offers X amount of money that would be acceptable to sell So that's it, Mr Dembele has to go. I think the club in question who make the bid, I think if it then gets put to Dembele's people, they will have a good, serious look at whether that club is a good fit for their player. Yeah. And if he's not, then I don't think he would go So, I think it has, all the pieces have to be right. Everything has to be right. And as Brendan Rodgers has said as well, financially, this deal has to be perfect for Celtic. And he has, he has maintained all along, all along, that they will only go for the market value. Uh-huh. So somebody's first of all going to have to come up with the market value. And then it, if somebody does come up with the market value, it's going to have to be exactly the right club, I think to interest in Billy and his people. So I think there's an awful lot of pieces have to fall into place in an awful short but an awfully short space of time.
1: huh. And and do you think I'm no, not
0: saying it won't happen, no, but I no. think it's a tricky. Yeah,
1: yeah, Tricky. It. I wouldn't be surprised if he just set okay, off on February one. Not at all. Right. Okay, that's interesting. What do you think do you think Brighton fall into that kind of bracket of the next move in his career path to develop him? I mean what just just your thoughts.
0: My thoughts probably not, no. Um, obviously, I can't speak for Mr Dembley Mr Dembley's people. I can't speak for Celtic and their money, man. I don't have any clue what Brighton are going to bid, how much they're going to bid. Um, well, We don't know exactly. We've got a rough idea, of course. Um, my own view, not really. No, I don't see it as being... I think, they've, um, like like anybody should have, Mr Dembley has great confidence in himself and Mr Dembley's people have great confidence in him and I don't see why going to fight against relegation in the English Premier League for a team who may create two to three chances a game, sometimes less, sometimes more, but for playing anybody in the top half, they're struggling with their own half at times. Yeah. I'm not seeing how that fits exactly what you're looking for if you, if, if you genuinely believe the boys good enough to play at a high level. And I think that's what they believe, and I think the boy's confident enough in himself to believe that he could play there. So it doesn't fit for me. Now, but as I say, Mr Dembele and these people might think, oh, yeah, yes, absolutely brilliant, but I, I, I don't see it, I have to say. Well,
1: as you say, if, the, if they're relegated, then he's almost back to stage one. Back to where he really started. Yeah, yeah.
0: Back to where like he really started. Now, the, the, the other people will counter-argue and say, well, if you really fancy yourself as being that good, you go to Brighton, you score eight, ten goals, keep them up. You know, and then if, you won't be the, playing in the if championship. If the
1: chances are created for you, though, that's, yeah, that's bad. exactly. Problem, it's think. not
0: quite that simple. I mean, we've seen situations, listen, we've seen situations Dembele over the last uh, six weeks at Celtic, but he hasn't had any chances created for them there. Yeah. You know, he can only do so much. There's only Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, and you could argue maybe Neymar in, in world football who can go back into their own half, forage, fetch the ball and go make a goal for themselves. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, strikers need goals created for them. And I, mean, I don't. Did, did Musa Dembele get a chance created for him in the Rangers game? No, I can't no, think of one. No, he did not. No, no. So I don't. Um, so you may find that's a regular thing if you play every week for A. Brighton. And again, I'm only using their name as an example because they're the ones we know for sure are interested. But um, I'm not sure. I think I just think there's a lot, an awful lot of pieces to fit. I don't think it's as simple as, oh,
1: somebody wants to buy him, or that's it, he's gone. I think it, I don't think it'll work like that. OK, Swanee, so anyway, thanks for that, that on Dembele. Uh, right. Moving on to other transfers, there was a wee bit this morning, a report saying that Charlie Musunda, who, of course, was a target, what was it, last summer? Two summers ago? When was it? Was it last? Yeah, time? last summer, I think. Uh, yeah, that, that Bournemouth want him on a loan deal from Chelsea. Uh, what happened with that, that proposed Interest from a number of months ago? I
0: think a couple of things, I think. I mean, what you have to remember in these situations, what what was never completely established was um, how deep or how serious the interest got. Because I think it was fairly obvious to everyone that Patrick Roberts was the first choice. And once it became evident that... So if it could get Patrick Roberts, then that's the one that the manager wanted. That's the one that they went for. Um, So I don't think it became as much in the summer as it would have done, for example, had Roberts, had the indication been that Roberts can't come, that's it, he's not signing, he's not going to be allowed by Manchester City. And I think what happens in a lot of these situations is, um, you know, we speak to various people in the game and it's fascinating now when you speak to guys about the top-level clubs in England. The detail, it used to be... I think 10, 15 years ago, you wanted a player on loan, you inquired for a player on loan, and the team, the parent club, if they didn't fancy the player, said, yeah, fine. The work that goes in now, in the youth academies, and the youth departments, into identifying specific... Cause I'll, give you an exa- I'll give you an example of how it works. If you take it, say, from a Celtic point of view, Celtic saw Christopher Ayer as a centre-back, mm-hmm. uh, and wanted to develop him as a centre-back. So... If you want to send Christopher Ayer out on loan to try and make him a better centre-back, you wouldn't send him to, say, a club 15 points in front in a league. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not going to have that much defending to do. So they sent him to Kilmarnock because the environment's the same as what he would be playing, and he was going to be under pressure, and he was going to be facing crosses, and he was going to have to deal with things in his own box, and he was going to have to defend. And that's just an example... That's what they do with a lot of the academy players down south now. They want players to go to certain places well, because they know the managers lovers, or players.
1: Didn't they? That's what City did yeah, in the they, Yeah, you the want ball. them
0: to go to certain places. Yeah. yeah, you want certain teams that do certain things because you want certain aspects worked upon on your player. Um, Chelsea have done this with Miss Sonder, have carefully placed him around, and now they have said they want him to play in the English Premier League. So I think that's... they decide rather than, you know, and they decide they want to go to the English Premier League, because they obviously want to improve his development now, and see if he can play at that level. So, um, that was one that really was kind of annoying. It was never going to be a starter, even if it was a starter this month. Chelsea decided he was uh, he was staying in the English Premier League, so that's that. End of.
1: OK, all right, cleared that one up. So, if it's not going to be Miss who do you think could be coming in, at least, if not names, at least positions? Who are they still... Looking, what kind of position they're still looking to fill?
0: You know what it's like in these situations, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to sit in the fence. you know how fluid a transfer window can be? Um, it would depend on, for example, if someone comes in and decides to pay X for the Vyachenko and then somebody decides to come in and pay X something silly for Jozla Suminovich, you then have to identify a defender. Yeah. Um, I think if you're looking... At the moment, if, I, if, if I'm looking at the Celtic squad just now, one thing that's been we touched upon, the fact that maybe chances aren't being created as much as what they should be. Um, obviously, a long-term injury... For, well, not long-term, uh, but through the end of February for Roberts. Tom Rogers is out injured, still doing his rehab. Would you sign somebody for that position? That, that would be the most glaring position for me that's probably required at the moment, but then, do you go and sign somebody when you know in two months' time you're going to have your two, creative, two of your most creative players back? I don't know. I think... Left back cover for Ciaran Tierney, maybe. Right back cover for Michael Lustig, maybe. But Anthony Ralston's coming back, so as not as much I need for that. I'd say they're pretty much. I think they're, I think they're pretty much well covered. I think it's just a case of if they can find somebody of good quality, whatever position he's in, he'd be worth taking if he's available, and if he's affordable, and it's and it, it's not sort of going to make them better than he would. But I don't think he's. Listen, if there was to be some news come over the next two weeks to say, look, there's been a setback for Tom Roddick and he won't be back till April, then if you were asking me to pinpoint a position, I would say number 10. That kind of area, you know, creative player, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't see anybody else in the squad who can really do it. Roberts has that kind of slight of foot, but he plays off a wider area. You don't really have anybody else who can be a 10 other than Roddick. But if Tom Roddick is going to be back... I think the schedule is end of this month, beginning of February. It's not that big a present need, is it? I wouldn't have thought. But that'll maybe depend on how budget turns. But that would be the only that would be the only glaring thing I could see for the running. Um
1: unless as you uh, say uh, Jenko uh, or you know,
0: wh- whoever leaves. well uh, edit well, gonna go. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I think that's been made fairly clear. Still getting the thing right, in a compass. Well, no, well, I think there would be interest there. Well, I know there is interest there, yeah. um, but I think I think my my own mind tells me, and certainly some of the things I've heard from i read from Eric Streetenko would suggest that I don't think he would like to go home just now. I think he would rather go to England. I still think he believes he can play in the English Premier League. Who says yeah. there's anything wrong with a player having some confidence here? Eh? Um, <laughs> so, but, um, he may I'd suggest he may have to go via the championship, um, but I think he would that I think if he had a choice, he would maybe be there or maybe the German Bundesliga or something. I don't think he would like to go back but he may not have an option. Um and there's obviously a lot of people looking at Jozo Semyunovich, there has been for quite a considerable period of time, um, but no one's actually been prepared to come forward with a bagload of cash and make the commitment. To try and buy him, so. Yeah, um,
1: that's your yeah, that, name that, yesterday, not with
0: Siminovic? Um, yeah, again, it's from, from what we could gather, it was he was one of a bundle a uh, centre half and that didn't appear to be there. Certainly hasn't been anything as far as we're aware made to say as far as we've been made aware. Celtic so haven't heard anything about it, but of course we all know how the transfer window works. If the business isn't done by the first or the second, it tends not to be done between the 29th and 31st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do
1: you, do you think Celtic are ready to connect? With a lot
0: of chat in between. <laughs> <laughs> all right, a lot, of, a lot of chat on who will be moving on 29th, 30 30th and thirty one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like.
1: Do you think Celtic are cut the losses on Siminovic? Though I mean, he's he's good when he's when he's fit, but that's been the problem, isn't it? For however long he's just out injured so often.
0: Uh. Yeah, well, I don't think I, I don't think there's anybody speaking out of turn by saying that the Brendan Rodgers has said from the very outset uh, a key to any player is uh, talent and availability. Availability. He always makes the point that top players are always available. And if you have a, if, if one of your players isn't available all the time when you need them, then you have to think well, if we get an offer for them, we might take it. Um, again, this is this is just my opinion, but if Celtic got a good offer for Simeunovic, you'd be tempted to take it, surely? Yeah. Surely. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, he was quite Rodgers was quite pointed when he said that about Simeunovic. You know, it was pretty as scathing mm. as scathing as Brendan Rodgers ever is. Uh...
0: but it's amazing how things change isn't it because at the start of the season um, he was he was desperate Uh, you could tell when the centre-halves were missing and the guys were getting injured and they said you know Semyonovic and Boyaka that is my first choice pairing and when I get them on the park you know you'll see what happens and they got them back together for the old Firm game they were they were solid they didn't have much to do um then four days later, they go to Brussels keep the, the only clean sheet of the Champions League group stage campaign away to hand in a 3-0 win. And you're thinking, yep, see where he's coming from there. That's what, that's what he sees as a long-term partnership. That's it, looks good. And then bang, it just, Simunovic starts, gets injured again and mistakes creep in and, I don't know, and then he misses the last few games. and the Ayer's come in to the team, done okay. Marvin Comper's been signed, presumably not to cut the grass. So, <laughs> um, I'm guessing that, that that if something was to come in, they may think about it. But obviously who, Tchenko is the one who has been seen as expendable at the moment. Yeah, yeah, It would take a substantial amount of money, I think, to then move Simunovic as well. Okay, but...
1: okay. and on um, Comper, you, just, you mentioned him there, uh, Swanee. His signing wasn't exactly greeted, if not, it was an underwhelm reaction, but it wasn't exactly dancing the streets. Uh, in and around Celtic Park but actually if you look at it it's probably exactly what they need a 31 year old experienced guy there's been a, w- a few wee mistakes there's obviously potential in Boyata, uh, but maybe need someone more experienced alongside him Is that, would that be fair? Absolutely absolutely I mean, I mean
0: Nair B. Thomas filling in the centre half as you know at the start of the season That's Friar's 19-20 Simunovic has been struggling obviously in and out of the team Boyata still quite young, there's be Everybody said, Self need a centre half, self need a center half. Yeah. Get somebody in with my by experience, get somebody in the them. and then they bring in a guy who's got plenty of experience, who's played in Italy, who's played at the top level in Germany, has had a cap for Germany, he's thirty two and everybody's like "What <laughs> is like what
1: was exactly exactly what they need. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> calming hand on the tiller at the back somebody start organising talk some of the other boys through the games that cam in there bit of authority that's what we won't know until we see Marvin Comper play but the CV would suggest he's absolutely what Celtic need and chat of going out and spending 6, 5, 6, 7 million pound on set of half. just it's fantasy land there I think I just don't see where you're going to get a set of half is. as so fantastically brilliant for £5-6 six million pounds. Where, where are you going to get one? If mean, Manchester City want a fantastic centre-half, they're going to go and give Everton £49 million pounds for John Stones. You know, Liverpool want a fantastic centre-back, they have to go and buy Virgil van Dijk £75 million. Pounds. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> just, well, what do you get in the market for four? You know, they, say, oh, they should go and buy a £4-5 five center centre-half. Well, what is, exactly does that get you?
1: Yeah.
0: I'm not sure. So, listen, if you get somebody like Cobb player on a deal that Celtic got him on, he might turn out
1: to be useless, but to me, it looked like a pretty shrewd piece of business. And speaking, yeah, s- speaking generally, I mean, it's, it's always maybe the fault of uh, fans, self-included. Why can't a club go and spend £5 million on that player? Forgetting that it's not just £5 million, the wages need to reflect that. So you're then talking yeah. thirty, forty, fifty thousand 50000 a week. And it's just, it's, it's pushing beyond, you know, it's, it's breaking wage structures all over the place. And it's just not doable.
0: The, the, and um, people sometimes really grasp you. You've absolutely hit the, the nail on the head. They've done hit the nail on the head. A £5 million player comes with £5 million player's wages, yeah. which are 45 to 50 grand a week.
1: Yeah.
0: If you buy somebody at £7 million, he comes with that, you know, and and so on and so on. I mean, you know, there's talk about Virgil van Dijk and someone like with 200 grand a week. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, people have to realise where... Our clubs in Scotland are at the moment, and although Celtic have much bigger financial muscle than anybody else, there's still limits there. You still, you still can't be paying players 70, 80, 90 grand a week, which is what you need to be paying if you're buying 8, nine, ten 10 million pound players. Yeah. It's just a, a fact of life. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right, finally, Swanee, uh, there was a good spread that you wrote in the paper the other day with Roger I'm Sp- first. No, 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 well, it's relative. Uh, <laughs> oh, relative. Good for you. No, Roger spoke about <laughs> Philip Coutinho the other day. And uh, mm. as you wrote, he's, uh, he's been sold for one hundred and forty-two three million, however many, I mean, it seems to be a different figure and a different publication every day. It seems to just be rising. But he got him from Inter for just $8.5 million, making a profit of around about $134 million. Uh, Yeah,
0: having having not spoken directly to the... I have to hold my hands up. I didn't speak directly to the general secretaries and chiefs and banking men at Barcelona. So when I said $143 I was taking it from what everyone else said in Spain, basically. If I'm a million out, I'm sorry. If I'm a million out, I'm sorry. Blame Marker. I
1: thought you were pretty (laughs) accurate there. But what I was going to ask you... I mean, how much of that was down to Rogers? I mean, we we saw the effect of especially during his first season. He got a hold of James Forrest, made him a better player. He got a hold of Callum McGregor, mm-hmm. made him a better player. I mean, there's. I would guess I'm kind of answering my own question a wee bit, but I'd like you to expand on it if you can. Of the the Rogers effect, what he does to the player? How? Do, what? What? Is it just coaching? Is a lot of man management? Can you just talk us through it a wee bit? I I think I think I think.
0: We've, I think... Well, I think I think the the profit that Liverpool made is it's threefold. Firstly they got a great bargain to start with in getting Philip Coutinho yeah. Because although Brendan you know people are right to say that just kinda of discovered him and such like, he wasn't signed from a back garden in Chapo, he was playing at Inter Milan. Yeah. Inter Milan had spotted him at eighteen. You know, he was he was at Inter Milan and he had won caps for Brazil. So you know, there was clearly Liverpool got a good deal there to start with. Roger's got a good deal there to start with. The coaching and the man management and the, I think just the installation of confidence. I mean, he's got such a thing with, you know, football and his way of working and, you know, you looked at this, he, he made the point himself and he's quite right. Tom Petino arrived at Liverpool very slightly. You know, one of these, everybody says the Premier League's all about power and pace and, you know, you know, if you're small, you have to be. A, if you're small, you have to be To really cope with the physical demands. Well, Philip Coutinho's a so He's usually could come out a boy band. Um, but that didn't stop Roger saying, "I trust you. I think you're good enough. Uh, you know, I think you can play in that environment." And that confidence that he instilled into Coutinho, along with coaching, along with Coutinho's natural ability, then blossomed. But I think the third part is the market's gone stupid as well. The market was exactly the same as what it was five years ago when Liverpool bought Coutinho, know, they'd probably have sold in per say thirty. Mm-hmm. That would still have been a good profit. Yeah. But the market's just gone daft now. So what clubs are prepared to pay five years ago compared to what they're paying now is completely I mean, can you imagine even when it, we all remember being younger and you know, the money was paid for Alan Shearer, or whatever it was, fifteen million pounds, people are falling down. I mean, you kind of get a second choice right back in the English Premier League for £50 million now. You know, and and everything's relative, and the transfer fees now, compared to what they were five years ago in England, are even through the roof. So, it's a threefold thing. He was a great bargain in the first place. The transfer market's gone silly. But, of course, only a fool would suggest it you know, Rogers' installation of confidence and coaching and management did not have a big influence on how good a player Philip Coutinho has become.
1: Yeah, no, And I and I guess I guess Chris Ayers won his next moulding. He had a really good game in the Derby uh, last month and he seems to he seems to have come on a good bit. Although Kelly fans were all raving about him when he was down there. Yeah.
0: And it was, um AT- I mean, again, it's just a case of getting somebody, working with them on a daily basis, giving them the confidence to believe they can play in said position, and, you know, Ayer's, you know, because he hasn't proved anything yet as such, he's come in, he's shown that he's got it. Now, now the task for Chris Ayer is to show on a consistent basis that you can be 1st pick centre-half for Celtic, but, Certainly the improvements are absolutely massive. You can see that in Brendan Rodgers and I would guess that the, the time he spent at Kilmarnock, which was Rogers' design, have to be have to be credited for that. But yeah, yeah, he looks as though he's one who, who may be next on the sort of progression list behind your Callum McGregor's and Forrest and Armstrong's and all these guys who have been improved markedly under, under the manager. So he he's all like that he always says, doesn't he? That's that's what he says. Coaching players, improving them, making them better—it's as much about that as, as as good buying, you know. So, it's... Celtic can be quite pleased to have got someone who's prepared to invest his time and effort and knowledge into these boys because that will save them fortunes in one hand, and it'll probably make them fortunes in
1: another. Yeah. And do, you, do you think just on a final final note, Craig? See the guys that are over in Dubai, the, the youngsters you kind of touched on earlier on—is that? Mark Kill, are we likely to see anything of him, more of Calvin Miller in the second half of the season? Who, who, would, you, who would you pick as a, an, an emerging talent?
0: Well, Miller was obviously dipped in um, in stages at the start of the season. Yeah. He's one who looks as though he might get more chances. Um, I would suggest he would probably, certainly of all the ones who are here, I suspect Miller and, and Mikey Johnson might be the ones that you see the most of between now and the end of the season if you're going to see any of them. And um, they would be the ones as opposed to, I'm not sure how or, or, or has Arthur in it that would, would, would as much of a chance of playing more games than those boys I would say that those would be the two but listen, that's nothing new Celtic fans know that anyway they've seen Johnson they saw Calvin Miller a couple of uh, times at the start of the season particularly good down at Kilmarnock earlier in the season when Celtic won there so yeah. they know all about these boys and they also know that the manager is quite prepared to play them if he has to so or if he wants to So um, and, and of course we, we shouldn't forget Anthony Ralston who has had that serious um, serious injury uh, he's been kind of forgotten about Anthony Ralston um, but yeah. he's on the road back, has just signed the new contract and if uh, the way Kieran Tierney recovered from serious injury uh, to force his way into the team as anything to go by then uh, they might have an exciting one in Anthony ralson as well because he certainly looks though he always got all the tools okay. OK,
1: marvellous. Thanks a million for joining us, Fanny. No problem at all. And I hope the rest of the trip goes OK we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, hopefully it should be great, yep, yep. Top man thank you. Can't again. wait to get back thank you thanks all the best bye bye that's all from us this week we'll be back sometime next midweek don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available and if you liked it please review and rate us on there too thanks for listening